0: chapter twenty-one of the spanish brothers this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org recording by adele piñoroles the spanish brothers by deborah alcock chapter twenty-one by the guadalquivir there dwells my father sinless and at rest where the first murderer can no more pursue chiller next sunday evening the brothers attended the quiet service in Doña isabella's upper room it was more sullen than usual because of the deep shadow that rested on the hearts of all the band assembled there but losada's calm voice spoke wise and loving words about life and death and about him who being the lord of life has conquered death for all who trust him then came prayer true incense offered on the golden altar standing before the mercy-seat "'which, only the veil, still dropped between, hides from the eyes of the worshipper. "'But in such hours many a ray from the glory within shines through that veil. "'Do not let us return home yet, brother,' said Carlos, when they had parted with their friends. "'The night is fine. Whither shall we bend our steps?' "'Carlos named a favorite walk through some olive yards on the banks of the river,' and Juan set his face towards one of the city gates. "'Why take such a circuit?' said Carlos, showing a disposition to turn in an opposite direction. "'This is far the shorter way.' "'True, but it is less pleasant.' Carlos looked at him gratefully. "'My brother would spare my weakness,' he said. "'But it needs not. "'Twice of late, when you were engaged with Doña Beatriz, "'I went alone thither, and—' to the prado san sebastian so they passed through the puerto de triana and having crossed the bridge of boats leisurely took their way beneath the walls of the grim old castle as they did so both prayed in silence for one who was pining in its dungeon don juan whose interest in the fate of juliano was naturally far less intense than his brothers was the first to break that silence he remarked that the dominican convent adjoining the triana looked nearly as gloomy as the inquisitor prison himself i think it looks like all other convents said carlos with indifference they were soon in the shadow of the dark ghost-like olive trees the moon was young and gave but little light but the large clear stars looked down through the southern air like lamps of fire hanging not so much in the skies from it were those bright watchers charged with a message from the land very far off which seemed so near to them in the high places whence they ruled the night? Carlos drank in the spirit of the scene in silence, but this did not please his less meditative brother. "'What art thou pondering?' he asked. "'They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars for ever and ever.' "'Are thinking still of the prisoner in the Triana?' of him, and also of another very dear to both of us, of whom I have for some time been purposing to speak to thee. What if thou and I have been, like children, seeking for a star on earth, while all the time it was shining above us in God's glorious heaven? Knowest thou not of old, little brother, that when thy parables began I am left behind at once? I pray thee, let the stars alone, and speak the language of earth. What was the task to which thou and i vowed ourselves in childhood brother juan looked at him keenly through the dim light i sometimes feared thou hadst forgotten he said no danger of that but i had a reason i think a good and sufficient one for not speaking to thee until well and fully assured of thy sympathy my sympathy in aught that concerned the dream the passion of my life of both our young lives carlos how couldst thou even doubt of this i had reason to doubt at first whether a gleam of light which has been shed upon our father's fate would be regarded by his son as a blessing or a curse do not keep a man in suspense brother speak at once in heaven's name i doubt no longer now it will be to thee juan as to me a joy exceeding great to think that our venerated father read god's word for himself and knew his truth and honoured it as we have learned to do. "'Now, God be thanked!' cried Juan, pausing in his walk and clasping his hands together. "'This, indeed, is joyful news. "'But, speak, brother, how do you know it? "'Are you certain, or is it only dream, hope, conjecture?' Carlos told him in detail, first the hint dropped by Lozada to Deceso, then the story of Dolores, lastly what he had heard at San Isodro about Don Rodrigo de Valera. As he proceeded with his narrative, he welded the scattered links into a connected chain of evidence. Juan, all eagerness, could hardly wait till he came to the end. Why did you not speak to Lasada? he interrupted at last. Stay, brother, and hear me out. The best is to come. I have done so lately, but until assured how thou wouldst regard the matter, I cared not to ask questions, the answers to which might wound thy heart. "'You are in no doubt now. What heard you from Signor Cristobal?' "'I heard that Dr. Agidius named the Conde de Nuera as one of those who befriended Don Rodrigo, "'and that he had been present when that brave and faithful teacher privately expounded the epistle to the Romans.' "'There!' exclaimed Juan with a start. "'There is the origin of my second and favorite name, Rodrigo. "'Brother, brother, these are the best tidings I have heard for years.' and uncovering his head he uttered fervent and solemn words of thanksgiving to which carlos added a heartfelt amen and resumed then brother you think we are justified in taking this joy to our hearts without doubt cried the sanguine don juan and it follows that his crime was what in our eyes constitutes the truest glory the profession of a pure faith said juan with decision leaping at once to the conclusion Carlos had reached by a far slower path. And those mystic words inscribed upon the window, the delight and wonder of our childhood. Ah, repeated Juan, El Dorado yo he trovado. But what they have to do with this matter I see not yet. You see not? Surely the knowledge of God in Christ, the kingdom of heaven open up to us, is the true El Dorado, the golden country, which enriches those who find it forevermore. "'That is all very good,' said Juan, with the air of a man not quite satisfied. "'I doubt not that was our father's meaning,' Carlos continued. "'I doubt it, though. Up to that point I follow you, Carlos, but there we part. Something in the new world, I think, my father must have found.'" A lengthened debate followed, in which Carlos discovered— rather to his surprise, that Juan still clung in his early face to a little land of gold. The more thoughtful and speculative brother sought in vain to reason him out of that belief. Nor was he much more successful when he came to state his own settled conviction, that they should never see their father's faith on earth. Not the slightest doubt remained in his own mind that, on account of his attachment to the Reformed faith, the Condé de Noire had been, in the phraseology of the time, quietly put out of the way, but whether this had been done during the voyage or on the wild unknown shores of the new world he believed his children would never know on this point however no argument availed with juan he seemed determined not to believe in his father's death he confessed indeed that his heart bounded at the thought that he had been a sufferer in the cause of truth and freedom he has suffered exile he said and the loss of all things But I see not wherefore he may not after all be living still somewhere in that vast wonderful new world. I am content to think, Carlos replied, that all these years he has been at rest with the dead in Christ, and that we shall see his face first with Christ when he appears in glory. But I am not content. We must learn something more. We shall never learn more. How can we? asked Carlos. That is so like thee, little brother, ever desponding, ever turned easily from thy purpose. Well, be it so, said Carlos meekly. But what I determine, that I do, said Juan. At least I will make my uncle speak out, he continued. I have ever suspected that he knows something. But how is that to be done? asked Carlos. Nevertheless, do all thou canst, and God prosper thee. Only, he added with great earnestness, Remember the necessities of our present position, and for the sake of our friends, as well as of our own lives, use due prudence and caution. "'Fear not, my too prudent brother, the best and dearest brother in the world,' he added kindly, if he had but a little more courage. Thus conversing, they hastily retraced their steps to the city, the hour being already late. Quiet weeks passed on after this, unmarked by any event of importance. Winter had now given place to spring. The time of the singing of birds was come. In spite of numerous and heavy anxieties, and of one sorrow that pressed more or less upon all, it was still springtime, and many a brave and hopeful heart among the adherents of the new faith in Seville. Certainly it was springtime with Don Juan Alvarez. One Sunday a letter arrived by special messenger from Nuera containing the unwelcome tidings that the old and faithful servant of the house diego montes was dying it was his last wish to resign his stewardship into the hands of his young master Señor don juan juan could not hesitate i will go to-morrow morning he said to carlos but rest assured i will turn hither as soon as possible the days are too precious to be lost together they repaired once more to Doña isabella's house don juan told the friends they met there of his intended departure and ere they separated, many a hand warmly grasped his, and many a voice kindly spoke the via con Dios for his journey. "'It needs not formal leave-taking, senores and my brethren,' said Juan. "'My absence will be very short, not next Sunday indeed, but possibly in a fortnight, and certainly this day month I shall meet you all here again.' "'God willing,' said Losada gravely. And so they parted. End of chapter 21 Recording by Adele de